0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see you here this morning. I like this vantage point, actually. I think I might ask them to make the stage a little higher, you know, to really look down on everybody. Uh, Today is going to look a little different, and I want to give you um, a vision of what that's going to look like. Uh, We're going to talk about money today. And I know that gets people all nervous, like, money, churches, that's all they talk about. If you've been coming to us, uh, to our congregation, for any length of time, you know that's not the case. If you're a visitor, this could be pretty interesting for you, too, because you'll get to see, like, kind of what we think about this. Uh, But it is a weird, it's it's a sensitive topic, and people get offended when you talk about money. Uh, especially when you talk about their money, it's just, it's kind of a weird thing to talk about. And it's funny at church, we can talk about interpersonal relationships, we can talk about marriage, we can talk about parenting, but as soon as the preacher gets up and says we're going to talk about money, people are like, oh, hit the brakes, buddy. Like, no, 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 you're getting too personal now. Like, we would rather someone tell us how to be a better husband or wife than someone tell us how we should use our money. Isn't that funny? That's so weird. I guess I'm the only one that thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. Money. Uh, there you go. Money just makes things more personal. It just does. I, I probably told you this before, but I had a friend uh, in in college, and uh, he had taken uh, another college student, fellow college student, out on a date, and uh, got back and you know, was hoping that this would happen again, and, and uh, he had asked her friend how it went. You know how before you get, you know, m- to be much of an adult, you got to kind of go the back routes, you know, and do some diplomatic stuff, and you got to go back channels. So he asked this friend of the date, how did the date go? And the friend said, oh, well, she told us it wasn't a date date. Because if you say things twice, it kind of like emphasizes it. It's a description. It wasn't a date, date. It was just a date, right? And my friend said, Whoa, wait a second. I paid for everything. He said, I spent money, money. It was a date, date. So money just makes everything a little bit more personal. So when we talk about it, we kind of want to address that tension. And so often what churches do and what we're not going to do, churches say, we'll talk about the budget. We'll talk about money outside of the worship service. You know, you can stick around afterwards. We'll have a Friday night meeting. And we're not going to do that because our God is a comprehensive God. He wants to know everything about us. He wants every part of us. And so when we look away, when we say we can't look at this issue in the eyes, we can't talk about budget because we're going to be offending people, then we're letting those tensions and that awkwardness distract us from what we need to do. Us as a church, we believe God cares about what we as a church do with our money, and we believe you need to know that as well, so you can feel comfortable being a part of this congregation and giving to uh, the the ministries that we support and the things that we do. So money is a big deal. We're not going to look away from it. We're going to talk about it um, as if it's not too sensitive a topic, because we talk about so many other things as well. So... Uh, What we're going to do today, I don't know enough about money, and you wouldn't want to trust my advice anyway, but we have a team of volunteers who handle the church's finance and do a fantastic job of it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to invite Phil Thompson up on stage, and he's going to share some thoughts with us, the theology, some Bible verses, and talk a little bit about what our church does with our money. And then I'm going to come back up and uh, hopefully not mess any of what he says up. So I'm going to invite Phil up at this time. He's one of our deacons. He does a good job handling stuff, so if you m- wouldn't mind, let's give Phil a big round of applause, and welcome up on stage. Uh, ask him after church uh, how old he turned on his last birthday last week, so just, you'll be even more impressed. Thanks, Patrick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just wanted to start by telling you I grew up going to the University Avenue Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. And one of my very clear memories from attending church was the annual church budget presentation. Now, I'm not saying they were good memories. They were just clear ones. (laughs) In fact, I remember being very bored and I had no idea what was going on up on the screen. Didn't understand the figures being presented. And I had no idea at that time that both my future... Professional and volunteer life would somehow um, end up revolving around that kind of stuff. So here I am. But back then, in 1983, Bono and U2 released their classic anthem. Many of you may know it. Sunday, Budget Sunday. They <laughs> yeah, had the lyrics, I can't believe the news today. Oh, I can't close my eyes and make it go away. From then on, I would just hum that tune through the presentation, it seemed to work. So at any rate, I'm going to try to not scar you as I was scarred as a a kid and later. Um, So I think it's important to, to give you a quick overview of our approach to giving, as well as to expense planning, and so you understand how we allocate our financial resources, as what we do with our money can reveal not only our focus areas and our perceived spending needs, It can also reveal what kind of people we collectively are as a congregation serving the Lord. So to set the stage for this conversation, I think it makes sense to take a step back and reflect for a minute on the offering that we take up every Sunday that ultimately funds our budget and our associated expenses. It's both common and understandable to draw a direct link between our collection plate and the budget that it funds. But I'd argue the more important link or connection should be between the offering and the the two preceding acts in which we participate, partaking of the emblems, the bread symbolizing the body broken on the cross for the removal of our sins, and the cup symbolizing the blood that was shed on our behalf, followed in short order typically by the passing of the trays and the taking of the collection. We do this, yes, it's true, as a means to fund the activities we support, but more important, as an act of worship, as we return a small gift back to God from our abundance, as one means of thanking God for his incomparable sacrifice. And it's important to stress, God doesn't need our money. We do this because we're thankful. And if you look through the Bible, there's many biblical passages that talk about giving and show God's views on the subject. Starting with 1 Chronicles 29, 14, But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to make this free will offering? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. Looking at Proverbs 3, 9, Honor the Lord with your substance, and with the first fruits of your produce. Not asking for us to spend on ourselves and our family, and then figuring out what's left over to give to God. It's the first fruits. Jesus' teachings also provide us with many examples of the importance of giving. And one that stands out personally for me is the example of the widow who gave everything she had, which was richly contrasted with the rich who gave simply out of their abundance. Another favorite example of mine involves Paul describing the generosity with which uh, the church of, the Macedonian church uh, provided for the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem, as you probably know, were really struggling at the time. And the Macedonian church saw a need and they did not hesitate to address it. And it's that kind of sacrificial giving that serves as a model not only for our congregation, for all congregations. And it's one we should set our sights carefully on. And then we have Paul's instructions to the Corinthians as well. Each of you must give... As you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then again to the Corinthians, he says, Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. So as we reflect on these verses and the cross-section of words um, from the Bible that talk about the subject of giving... And before we switch gears to talk about the budget, once again, we have a budget because of our giving, but we don't give because of our budget. So let's switch gears, turn the page a second, and look at how we finished our 2016 fiscal year. So just so you know, our 2016, uh, or every fiscal year for us, starts on April 1st and ends March 31st. And just talked to the third and fourth graders about it. It kind of blew their mind that there was a different kind of year. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I I reviewed this with them. It's sort of a dry run, but (laughs) I had lots of good questions, trust me. So our 2016 uh, results reflect a really healthy financial picture. As you can see, um, we had a really strong year, our contributions exceeded our expenses by $63,000. And overall, this was due to higher-than-expected contributions, due in part to the timing of some contributions that came in 2016 that we didn't expect till 2017, actually. But, in the, but for the most part, it was just really strong giving in this last year. And as far as expenses go, we spent within $1,000 of what we planned for the year, some of that resulting from underspending in some ministry areas, uh, then offset by an increased pay down on our mortgage. But back to contribution for a moment. We saw a huge spike in contribution um, relative to 2015, roughly a 20% increase. Um, our average weekly contribution, excluding Mission Sunday, uh, was around 7250 per week. And if you include our special missions uh, collection in November, it was around $7,700 per week. Uh, You'll also notice on the slide, uh, just for context, uh, we also get outside support from some other uh, congregational giving uh, to support our St. Paul Urban Ministry, and we'll talk more about that uh, in a moment. Okay, so our cash position um, as of April 1st was $141,000, roughly, or not roughly, $69,000, um, set aside largely for missions giving, but then there's some timing of some other spending uh, for designated activities. Uh, once you subtract the 69 from the 140, we're at 72000 which um, may sound like a lot, but that's actually right where we think we need to be uh, to protect our congregation from any short-term uh, financial distresses. So it would put us in a, uh, it's basically a rainy day savings in case uh, we see trouble. Um, and then finally, our mortgage balance of $226,000, which we uh, continue to pay down on uh, each year. So let's, um, let's talk about planning for a minute. I think it would, wouldn't hurt to set the context and talk a little bit about our approach uh, to expense planning. So once again, uh, budget year starts on April 1st. So at this point, we're a little, uh, about six weeks into our year. Um, In preparation for developing the budget, we look at our current expense trends and get input from our ministry leaders uh, who provide requests for each of their areas describing the need and articulating why the particular spending request is a good use of the resources with which we're so richly blessed. Based on that input, we develop a line item budget Uh, and we review it within the finance committee. uh, The finance committee then further reviews it with the elders and the ministers and the deacons in order to ensure full transparency and to give folks a chance to ask questions, to challenge, and finally to ensure we're in complete alignment as we look to finalizing the budget uh, with respect to our objectives and how we uh, finish up the budget. The result is our final budget. Um, One other point worth noting The budget is simply our plan for the coming year, but to the extent new priorities emerge, we look as a leadership group to understand if these new priorities should be addressed within the same year, and if they should, then we look to whether it makes sense to either allocate more dollars to the budget or deprioritize something else. In other words, basically just wait till later. In other words, we really want to make thoughtful decisions with our resources, not only during the planning process, but through the course of the year as well. So let's turn our attention now to 2017. So it's, first, it's important to call out that we have a balanced budget, so our contributions equal our expect, expected expenses for the year. We're assuming a 3% in giving, uh, which is um, it's a good assumption to make given the, the significant increases we've seen over the last several years. Um, now let's just take a look at the, uh, the categories of spending. So if you look at our staff um, budgets, that represents close to 30% of our spending. Um, I'm sorry, a little over 40%. I'm jumping ahead. A little percent, over 40% of our funds dedicated to ministry salaries and health benefits. This funding goes to support our exceptional staff, Patrick Doherty, Jordan Tatum, our ministers, our administrative assistant, Abigail May. And also, um, funding has been set aside this year to bolster our children's program through the addition of a part-time children's education minister. Turning to buildings and grounds, uh, which represents only um, um, almost thirty percent of our spending, um, that half of that, as you can see, or uh, I guess more like forty percent of that, is in our mortgage. So thirty-nine thousand we spend on our mortgage annually. And then property maintenance, roughly the same amount, at $40,000. And property maintenance is things like general liability insurance, um, cleaning the building, um, utilities, all kinds of things like that. Property taxes, trash, all the stuff that you just have to do to maintain the building. And then uh, this year, we're spending some uh, additional funding on building and grounds. (coughs) to, uh, well, as you can see, the stage, which, pretty nice job so far. Um, the stage and some other uh, water damage-related issues, uh, including the fellowship hall flooring. So this might be a good time to, to back up and reflect again on our church's priorities and focus. You know, we want to spend God's money to bring people to Christ, whether we're talking about people within our congregation or spreading the message uh, to those outside our fellowship. And if you just look around for a moment, Clearly, we don't believe in spending money in pursuit of pure aesthetics, right? <laughs> and it should be fairly obvious. But sometimes, perhaps, we take that stance just a little too far. So this year, we're trying to catch up a little to ensure our property remains both functional and cost-effective to maintain. And I should mention, one of the reasons we're able, year over year, to keep our costs down maintaining our building is because of the men and this women in this congregation who actually have Useful skills. <laughs> skills I wish I had. And I'm talking about Joy Frederick and Travis Edwards uh, specifically who um, are adamant about fixing everything themselves and, in fact, sometimes have to be almost physically restrained from doing so. <laughs> but we really appreciate that. And, and actually, I'm, I was pretty pleased when I came in this morning. I think this is looking really good. Uh, As far as missions and benevolence goes, um, that's where all of us really want our funding to go. Um, I I haven't heard of anyone yet that's uh, against missions and benevolence activities. Um, But you can see roughly 20% of our spending um, is dedicated there. The special collection we take up each November goes to support primarily missions outside the United States. And right now we support two key families. First, Scott and Shirley Robb, who live in in Belgium, and serve the church in Maastricht, Netherlands, and have had a huge impact on the family of believers there. You may have heard Scott provide an update while he was stateside last summer, and if you heard his presentation, you really got a sense for the church family that he and his family have cultivated there over the last 20 years. Second, Justin and Tia McIntyre who we just heard from, in fact, very recently. And Tia is a great example of God working in the lives of our congregation here at Woodbury. When When Natalie and I moved here in 99, Tia was just a child going to Sunday school. But through the influence of the congregation here and her teachers, she saw she grew a heart to serve, and now she and her husband are a team working in Huancayo, Peru, nurturing relationships and are on the front end of building something really very special there. And more recently, we also supported Malia Davidson, also one of our own, who spent the last couple of years in Honduras spreading the gospel, and missions is still her heart and focus. Both Tia and Malia are really great examples of our holistic approach to faith formation. They went through our children's education program, the youth group, and summer camp we help fund and staff, and have gone on to make missions the center point of their lives. You may also be aware we support the St. Paul Urban Ministry efforts of Gary and Katie Weisman as well as Shauna Turner. They are also two examples of missionary families with long-standing relationships to our congregation here. And they have dedicated their lives to help build and sustain a fellowship of believers within the Hmong community that have become intertwined with our own here, as we've watched their children turn into young adults leading their own children's faith development. Benevolence is another important area of spending for us. And while we do have a budget dedicated specifically for benevolence, this is one area where the budget truly doesn't matter. It's just a placeholder. Where, For benevolence, our leaders are passionate about taking care of the physical needs of the less fortunate. With the responsibility of benevolence spending lying on the shoulders of Jordan and Paul Maynard, Um, I will tell you that they know they are fully empowered to take care of folks regardless of how much we spent versus our budget, as we will always look to reprioritize other spending if our financial picture necessitates it. So for fellowship, outreach, and education, we spend, uh, have allocated $21,000 in the coming year. and as far as fellowship and outreach goes, sometimes our spiritual lives need a boost. And so this year, Jordan is working on what he's calling a discipleship conference. We'll, build, we'll bring in a speaker to encourage us on how to finish the year with momentum. Jordan's been working with a few local churches and ministries who are wanting to partner with us in this. And, he, and Jordan has assured me that you're going to want to be there. Okay? Okay. He'll tell you himself, I'm sure, many times. But um, you're going to hear more about it more, uh, very soon, but please mark your calendars for the weekend of October 27th through 29th. Uh, we also have some resources allocated this year to supporting our life groups and our greeting ministries. And as far as greetings, greeting goes, first impressions matter when folks are deciding whether they're going to worship with us long-term or not. And Leon Ross is making sure that we're doing the absolute best job we can with our greeting. So we're investing in that this year as well. Education. So as far as education goes, we allocate funding to support our children's education curriculum needs, our outstanding vacation Bible school program, as well as youth ministry programs. Just as we highlighted a moment ago for Building and Grounds, we do what we can first with our deep, talented pool of volunteer resources here at our congregation. Another way we're able to hold costs down We're really providing an exceptional childhood education experience focused on providing the building blocks for kids to know the Bible and begin building a solid foundation for their faith. As we mentioned earlier, we'll have an opportunity uh, to recognize and thank some of those outstanding volunteers immediately after the church. When I think of childhood education, and at the risk of leaving someone off my list, I think of people like Tammy Verhoeven, I think of Anna Edwards, I think of the upcoming dynamic duo Matt and Libby Bauer who've taken on the pre-K responsibilities and with a special place in my heart I, th- I think of Angela Spoto who I'm personally grateful to because she's taught my daughter from the third through the sixth grade and has just done such an amazing job with her planting so much love for the Bible in her heart. Angela, you have no idea what you mean to us. So, switching gears back to other ministry support, we allocate around $15,000 for general administrative costs that include expenses associated with supporting our technology requirements, a growing necessity in today's world, along with other office supply costs, including things like uh, copier maintenance uh, and things of that nature. So... That's that's an overview of how we um, allocate our financial resources across the different ministry areas. And if you can flip the slide, if you have absolutely any questions about anything I said today or any other question related to our financial resources, feel free to reach out to one of the members of the finance committee: uh, Lane Match, Todd Fraser, Paul Maynard, or myself.
0: I appreciate that a lot, Phil, and just going through that makes me uh, very appreciative of the fact that I don't have to do any of that or remember any of that. Um, I trust these guys um, completely. Um, just real quick as we wrap up, I just want to share a couple thoughts with you, and then, uh, and then we're going to finish out our morning. But the first thing I want to share with you is, is I know when we talk about money there are objections. People are like, okay, you know, here's my problem when you when you talk about money in church. And I just want to address at least four that I could think of. There's probably more, but some people say church is all about money. Church is all about money. Um, and Jordan and I were talking about this as we were shopping for new personal Lear jets, trying to decide, you know, what color we wanted. And we know we get that. That's a joke for us, right? That's not a joke for all churches. I get that. But it it, it is, you just have to kind of look around and know that that's not what we're about. That's not what this church is about. Phil making the joke about the church building. My very first impression when I came to church to try out the very first Sunday I was here, I was thinking, hey, they don't spend their money on their building, (laughs) you know? And that's, listen, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We've got to do some things, but that's a good thing. That's not where our heart is. This is a functional place that we use for a ton of different things. But we're not just here for, for your money. That's not what it's about. Um, some people say, well, my money is my business. It's my business. You, I don't want anybody else involved with this. And that's true. But listen, it's all God's business. And that's what we're involved in, is the business of God and trying to get us to understand that, that our finances... Whether or not money is the most important thing to you, our finances are the clearest picture of what's going on inside of our hearts. That's what Jesus said. He said, Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Our finances, our money, what we do with our time, the things that we have, that's the clearest picture of what's going on in our hearts. And so when we say it's it's my business, then you're not understanding the nature of what it means to be a fellow Christian on a journey with a bunch of people at a church. It's all of our business. We're not going to look at your QuickBooks. We're not going to look at your, your, your checkbook register. You don't have to send in your statements. But understand, we need to talk about this stuff. It's important. The third thing I think um, people say, I, I'm not sure I can trust the church with, uh, with what they're doing. I'm not sure I can trust the church and how they handle it. And I just want you to know that if you have any questions ever, 24 hours a day, I'm going to put Phil's cell phone number up there and uh, email. And I just want you to ask him every question you can think of just any time, right? Late at night, and if you can't sleep and you're thinking about the church finances, just call Phil and, uh, and he'll answer. And I say that jokingly, but, but it is true. We do want you to feel like you can trust us, and I do. I, I'm, a, I'm a happy um, giver to this church because I trust what is going on here. Um, so I, I want you to know that there's always an opportunity to find out more if you want to know more. And then finally, I think people say things like, I'll just, I'll just give on my own, I'll just do my own thing. Listen, I hope you do. I hope you do your own thing, but—and this is important—you are a part of this church family. You receive benefit from what other people sacrifice, whether it be enjoying the heat or the air conditioning or the or the lights or someone doing work or or, or educators volunteering their time uh, and resources to to spend money on your kids to train them to teach them more about Jesus. You are a receiver of good things, and it is good and right that you participate in that as well it 's not just about uh, we need your money, I'll do my own thing, you are benefiting from what this church is doing. And you can look at the product of what this church has put out in people like Tia and Malia and many, many others. We're going to celebrate our Senior Sunday, and that's a great picture of what this church produces and sends out. So a lot of pressure on you seniors, guys, to finish the year right and <laughs> finish it strong. Um, but you, are, you receive the benefits from this church, what, no matter how it works. And so it's good that we participate in that together so yes, give on your own. Absolutely. I hope you do. We wouldn't want to take away from that. But understand that we this is a partnership and it involves you. So as we wrap up this morning, this is the message that we want you to know is is this. And this is what we want you to take home. God isn't primarily interested in what you have to give. It's an odd message for Mission or Budget Sunday, right? And, and that would have been a nice thing for me to tell you before we took up the offering, wouldn't it? You're like, oh, great, okay, just keep it in my pocket. God isn't primarily interested in what you have to give. God doesn't want or need your money. He doesn't want it. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need your money because that's not what he's looking for. Your money is just a reflection of what he really wants from you. God doesn't want or need your money, and and Paul uh, Paul was talking about in the book of Acts. I accidentally put 1 Corinthians up on the screen, but it's in the book of Acts, chapter 17. And he was trying to describe to people who had no idea of who God really was, the nature of God. And the first thing he tells them is that the God who made the world, the real God, the only God, the big God everything in it is that he's the lord of heaven and earth and he does not live in temples built by human hands that whole concept that whole way of thinking is false he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything this god we serve doesn't need anything rather he himself gives life and breath and everything else god is not a taker God is a giver. So when God says, I want you to be generous, I want you to be sacrificial, I want you to give, it's because there's something in it for us. God has something that he wants for us. God wants us to be be givers because God is interested in what you have to gain through the process of giving and sacrifice. God is interested in what you have to gain. He wants something for you. And we could give a lot of, uh, talk about a lot of stories. I just want to tell, tell you one thing. Um, we do benevolence needs, and benevolence is a fancy church way of saying we try to help people who have a need. I don't know why we call it benevolence, but that's what we try to do. You may, if you were here last Sunday, you may have noticed there was a family standing at the end of our driveway with a sign looking for donations as people were leaving church. Which I, I guess seems like a great idea. People just come from church. That's a good spot to do it. Uh, But Jordan and I went out there. We said, can we help you? We brought them in here to the church, and we, we heard their story. We listened to what they had to tell us, and we helped them in the way that we could help them. From the generosity of this church allowed us to do that, allowed us to help this family in that way. We have helped people not sleep in their cars at night. Now, we can't march them up on stage and say, Hey, aren't we a fantastic church? We helped this family. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. But there are things that we we just can't share the details of. But listen, you as a church, because of your giving, you're making sure that people have food. You're making sure that people have a place to sleep until they can get back on their feet. That, those kinds of things are happening. And if you want to know more about that, just ask Jordan, just ask myself. We want you to know those things. We just can't bring everybody up here and tell you that. So God has something for us, uh, for us to gain. And I want to wrap up just, just by saying this, is uh, it, we need to understand that what we sacrifice for God will never outdo what we gain for God. What we sacrifice for God will never outdo what we gain for God, Um. My parents uh, did mission work in Taiwan for seven years, eight years, something like that. Uh, And there was a lot of sacrifices involved in doing missions work. But we actually came back from the mission field with another family member. And not because my parents had a baby. It's because we, well, they did have a baby. We adopted Michael, my youngest sibling. Like God had something for us but it involved that sacrifice in order for us to get it. And we, if we hadn't, if they hadn't been willing to make that sacrifice, we would not have gained that in the way that we did. God, that we will never sacrifice for God, or our, rather our sacrifice for God, will never outdo what we gain from God. That's good. That's true. That, that deserves an amen. I'm going to ask you that for that every once in a while, because sometimes we just need to know that these things are true. All right, we're going to wrap up this morning. I'm going to have Jordan come up, and he's got a few things to share, and then we're going to pray and be dismissed. Thank you guys so much for your attention, going through these numbers, thinking about what God is doing in this church. Jordan?
1: I had a thought while I was standing at the back. uh, If you actually want Phil's